on the episode with Jim, or you did rather. Verbally, probably. Yeah, there was a lot of verbal morning DJ for all the sex talk <laughs> later in the episode. Mm. Oopsies. Well, uh, well, I suppose. No, nope, that's oh, the wrong geez. one. Oh, jeez. Did you get a soundboard on your phone? Yes, bitch. Wow. Holy no, shit. No! <laughs> I don't know how well it's picking up. I mean, we need to get it integrated with the Zoom, but. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Love that. Oh, man. This is a dangerous tool. See, I want control of that. No, you don't get it. I'm the mastermind. You said so yourself. You may be the mastermind, and, but... Oh, boy. Now your producer will. I don't, <laughs> I don't like this at all. That's going to get out of control so fast. Oh, I love it. And you don't. You know what? Now you have to wear headphones. I think that's going to be the new rule. Why? Bill Maher's new rules. Ew. Because you don't know how it picks up. Sure you know? don't. Yeah. So I don't want to know. Well, either you wear the headphones and you're the DJ. I just want to cause the problems. I know. Or you give me that. I want to be a raconteur like Jack White. You know, god damn it. We were getting, <laughs> so, we were getting so good at this podcast, and the, and when it's just the two of us, I barely ever have to edit anything. Yeah. And now you're going to introduce this whole audio layer that's I just going to be mm. terrible. It's not going to pick up. It'll pick up something. I have a, you know, iPhones are loud now. Yeah, if you just put your speaker square into the mic like you did on the last one, it'll on be the fine. Pink yeah. Panther bit. The Pink Panther. You have okay. to get. You have to go. You know. Yeah, you go right into it. Yeah, you got it. The angles really matter when you're getting it in. Um, uh, I, I was hanging out with a friend of the show Ulrika today, and oh. she complimented you. She said, "You know, uh, Will's very funny. He really gets uh, in there like a comedian with the things." And you know what? I think it's true. I think you've gotten uh, fun, really funny over time. Rude. You didn't start out that way, fucker. You know, I don't know, but now you're, you're super, you, oh God, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been alone for a couple of hours. I haven't spoken. Um, yeah. you're, you, I can't say Can you, this usurp. Phrase. Yes. Thank you. What you am I usurping? Are usurping me mm. with all of this stuff. You know, I used to have all the power, but I feel like slowly you're taking it away from me. <laughs> you're winning over the audience. You're bringing a soundboard on the show. I don't like it. It comes from years of you slurping other people oh, oh. see okay. that was bad you too much too much <laughs> <laughs> we take a hat we put it on a wig and then we put that on another hat oh. well much hats like on hats on hats <laughs> much like your finances as we've discussed on the show um you you like to build a lot of goodwill and, and uh squander social it social capital and then squander squander it, it. <laughs> yeah. oh nothing better than squandering resources and good tidings uh, oh. speaking of squandering your resources we have a little announcement to make right at the top of the show let me uh, get the soundboard out for this. Hold okay. on. All right. We'll we'll pause. For I don't a know second. if I have a. Pop, 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 pop. Y- you know, you need to leave your phone just unlocked all the time if you're going to be the soundboard guy. How do you do that? It's in the it's in the settings, man. Your phone doesn't have to lock. Oh, it locks after a certain amount of time. Well, that you specify. Are you ready? Do you have the soundboard? Can we I do this sure plug do? Or? Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, well, we are launching a Patreon. Damn, that actually fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, w- Will's... Uh, you know, this can't happen. You really nailed it there with the slot machine, but... <laughs> I love <laughs> that one. What's that supposed to be? Just a ding? Just a That's chime? That's a ding, yeah. Just it's for a, fun? Got it. 
Okay, well, let, let's calm down for a second and spit this out. Okay. Uh, we, we have a Patreon going. Uh, Patreon.com slash Green and Lewis. Oh, wow. You can go there. We're not fucking with the formula, baby. It's $5 a month. You get to be a Baron. Yes, you get to be a Baron. We'll name the tier category. So After Baron de Montre- Montreal. RIP, our favorite rosé. Still available for seventeen ninety nine in the middle of Williamsburg. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you told me this. Oh, it was in Crown Heights, but yes, yes, yes. I forgot. Whatever. Probably in Williamsburg too. Let's be real. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to support the show, it's five bucks. Uh, we already have our first bonus episode up. Oh. If you read the show notes from the last one, you know that we did a marathon with Jim Brittingham. I remember uh, most of it. I don't remember the tail. End. Yeah, the tail end gets a little dicey, sloppy. a little sloppy, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, we recorded with Jim for two hours and 45 minutes. So <laughs> our our second episode, uh, or rather our bonus episode, oh, is yeah. a full episode. It's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I just put it together minutes oh. before we started here. Oh, wow. Um, it's a really salacious one, too. It's really exciting. It's good that it's private, uh- <laughs> I think. Um, but it'll be a way for us in the future to deal with that type of material because... Uh, Believe it or not, we have a lot of bonus stuff that we've never put out. We have a lot of things that really you should only pay for. Yeah. You should really be like friend of the pod slash have been on it to access some of yeah, these because it's deep, dark, and salacious. But if you're of the public, yeah, you now can have access to terrible things that have been said on microphone. Yeah, maybe we'll put out the episode, uh, the lost episode from months and months back where I, I argued for 45 minutes about why I should be able to say the N-word. I don't remember that one. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, it's stuff like that. Um, we do, you know, we recorded a whole second episode a couple weeks ago that didn't make it on the feed. It might oh, at one yeah, time yeah. or another. But When you, know, you were on a manic ump swing. Um, yes, that's right. We we can't promise you, you know, believe it or not, Will and I have full-time jobs. And doing an hour-a-week podcast does take time and effort. Uh, so we can't promise you. We have to, you, like, think when yeah. we're not supposed to. Yeah, that's Let's right. be real. I have to plan on when we do this for... I have having the next day off. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't. I'm not young anymore, guys. I don't know if you can tell by my full head of hair. <laughs> um, but I'm an old man now. And well, yeah, yeah. Can't bounce back like some people. Well, even the heavy wine habit aside, I mean, it does take time. It does take resources to do this. So, um, I figured out today that even if five of our listeners end up doing this, that at least makes the hosting of the podcast free. Oh, cool. So even if a small amount of people get it on it, you'll reduce our costs and you'll get bonus stuff every sometimes. Um, and if you want to, you know, if you want to make up your own tier, can they make up their own tiers on Patreon or is this your one? No, I think that's a different service. Like I mean, gift, I can make no. them up. You can, you can toss them at me. Oh, I was going to say, if you want to be like a silver star, actually a gold star member, I'll send you dick pics. I got plenty of them. They might not be mine, <laughs> but I have plenty. What, what, what's the financial uh, criteria for that? What dollar amount and up? What's 50 times 12? 50 times 12 is, uh, I don't know, 600? That's worth it. 600 bucks. Okay. so I'm a cheap whore. Yeah, Give us $50 a month. <laughs> gold star tier, $50 a month. Oh, I thought you were saying $600 a month. You're saying $50 a month. It's six. <laughs> How many dick pics does that entitle one to? One a month. I wonder. Oh, okay. I might right. have some. Like I said, Damn, might dude, be mine, I, might not. I don't know. I think you're selling yourself short. I mean, I don't know about dick pics, but there's women on Reddit that sell uh, pictures and panties and things like that for a lot more money. So, Ew. I don't know. Well, if, if you want to send $10, we'll send you, we'll go to Fish's Eddie and buy you uh, presidential wine glasses and send them to you. <laughs> oh, geez. You get one. You, you get do, one. Oh, okay. You do realize that that costs probably more than ten dollars i'm assuming oh it sure doesn't oh okay okay all right no you get it once for thank you for doing the ten dollars a month yeah that's the president circle baron president oh very good i like this 
And then what's Baron, the president's son's middle name? That should be the third tier and really like shit post on it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what Baron's middle name is. Does he even have one? I mean, Trump's middle name is boring. It's just John. No, oh, well. Donald J. Ew. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, we're doing that now. We would like you to listen to the second part of Jim's show. I know I would. It was good. Hmm. Um, Wait, how do I listen to it then? Do I have to pay I, us? No, I can send it to you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'm not. I'll, I'm not paying myself. I'll put you similar to the Instagram. We'll both be able to deal with that. Ah, Patreon. very good. Okay. Um, okay. That out of the way. You want to start the show? favorite button oh so fucking stupid we really do need to get this streamlined though i'm telling you i I know i need to i can get it hooked into the zoom yeah Uh, like an aux cord and we should do that oh yeah 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 who named it dongle that's a really good question like i've never y'all couldn't think of a better word yeah i don't know like a bridge oh do you have the bridge do you know how nice that would say to be like oh do you have any of those brids bridges for the av stuff oh yeah great let me go take a look at it you got a dongle well i do in my pants. Yeah. And you're like, excuse me. I don't know. The- <laughs> Sir, this is an Applebee's. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, bridge is too general of a term, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah. It applies to other things. Well, like, it technically it's an adapter. Right. But adapter sounds so 90s. And I think so, yeah. Like, car charging adapter and, like, do you have the adapter for the car, right. for the car phone? My guess is that it's one of these things that, like... Or is it, like... Apple didn't like adapter because it sounded technical. Yes. I was just going to say. Dongle sounds fun. And it had to be proprietary to their brand, you know. But they don't call them dongles, do they? Yeah, I think they do. On the box it says one dongle. I think there's literally a dongle section on the Apple website. Ooh. Is that behind a paywall? (laughs) Yeah. It's probably more than $5 a month. They charge $75 for their dongles. Oopsies. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're spitting this episode out really quick tonight because I'm leaving for Cleveland in the morning. Even on a jet plane yeah. at 6 a.m. Really early. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Well, yeah. Literally, thank you. But also, what but the also, fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Book the flight for 11 a.m. It's not a big deal. It's indecent. Um, yeah, it's it's not Christmas Eve Eve. It's the eve of Christmas Eve Eve. The, yeah. What, that's not even penultimate. What is that? There are names for this. Did you know that? Uh, I, don't f- I learned that recently. Like the penultimate episode of a TV show is the, second, the second to last one, yeah. one. There's one for the one before that and the one before that. Some sort of Latinate compound. Word. Whatever. I don't know. Oh, we should look it up. That should be the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. The, the word we can't think the of. The pen pen ultimate night before Christmas. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. All through the house, the dongles were stirring. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, I'm not as funny as you. It's making me... You know what? It's literally making me really nervous. Mm. I don't like it when people <laughs> give you compliments. <laughs> and you do have this look on your face because you're wielding the soundboard that it... Yeah. You're maniacal tonight. It's freaking me out. I've had a long day. Yeah. But you seem like you're in a pretty good mood. Sometimes your long days make these episodes challenging. But well, you, you're fired up right now. I'm fired up. I got to do some retail therapy. I did some shopping. We'll do an unwrapping later. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, that will be fun. Will bought me a gift. It's sitting on the table. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's a usual, it's a per usual kind of situation. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I got to sleep in. I didn't drink last night. So then I was like very refreshed, drove into the city, was feeling great. Got my boxes to pack up the studio for tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Um, but people are, 
people, man. Yeah, well, it's the holiday season. I don't know. And you're in retail. My I mean, employees, though, like that's the, like this is the part where you're just like, why are y'all fighting? It's two, three days before Christmas. I don't really need this in well, my life. Well, you know, I was talking to my um my good friends from Ohio, and I was like, hey boys, what's up? Like, let's all get together. I'm gonna be in town, and they're like, oh yeah, like we're all working like every day except for Christmas. And I was like, excuse me? What, like, what the fuck? I, I, Only New York shuts down. I know. I'm so privileged in my industry, too, that like the holiday no, break everyone, is taken, for, taken like, for granted. I walked by someone like on the phone going like, yeah, I'm not going to be back in the office until January 6th. And I was like, bitch, what? where's your job? I want your job. Yeah, that's lucky. I'm, I'm back on January 2nd, baby. January 2. We're oh, in really? Yeah. Ooh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. So it, yeah, it put a damper on my plans because I was like, the city I'm ready to just, get yeah. hollering drunk with my boys and you can't do that like on hollering. a Monday. Oh yeah. Who works on Christmas Eve? No one's actually working. You're showing up and like at work. No one's no, I know. doing anything. It's literally a cruelty. I mean, I just had this experience yesterday doesn't, of working in an empty your, office. Yeah. Doesn't one of your friends own his own business too? So what is he actually working? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. This is Dom. You guys should check out Dom, Dominic Fiorello's studio. His furniture is fucking good. I have a piece of his. Can you ask him to make us a coffee table? Uh, he would do that, but it's expensive. I mean, he'll give us like the bargainist rate he can, but okay. it's, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. And I'll so talk Patre- to him about that. Patreon people. Yeah, fun, fun to this fucking coffee table because, <laughs> as we've discussed, now seven episodes running. Uh, we I'm, need to make sure that this is a furniture-based podcast that's true. for tax purposes. Allegedly, we have to do that. It's in the bio on <laughs> Instagram, which I only realized that I misspelled while drunk one day. Wait, wait a minute. You misspelled what in the in the it, bio? It says part-time furniture podcast, but I <laughs> had furniture, and I was like, furtive nurtures? What? What is? What did I do? And I was like... Um, that's okay i think you should leave it or did you already correct it i corrected it Mm -hmm. i i've there's certain things in my life the ocd is strong yeah 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 spelling is one of them yeah no i know i'm big into formatting i was actually just dealing with this because i was setting up the patreon like if if one thing is uh separated by a colon and another thing uh in another field is separated by a dash oh things like that bother me i like went back over that page a million times and made sure it all lined up like pretty exactly yeah. right and it's not even that many words you yeah. know but still fair mm-hmm. <sighs> so are you excited for let's talk christmas time christmas time you're missing an opportunity to use your own soundboard or I, don't have there... a, I don't have a soundboard for christmas oh, okay there's no christmas effects on no that. this is a very secular soundboard oh can you load um well, sorry, I got I just got off on a jag in my own mind, but I'm not going to go there. What you want, like the Grinch do, do theme song th- well, or something? Or no, the... do you think that that's like a woke thing? Do you think that the soundboard people are like, we don't want to alienate any of our potential audience, so there's nothing specific on it? Oh no, there's everything specific. It's just I didn't download anything Christmasy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Did so, you get like the Muslim prayer call that's always in like you know Zero Dark Thirty type movies? No. You know what I mean okay, when they're wow. like driving through the desert. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just vocalizing. Coincidence. <laughs> Sorry, uh, arrested. No, I have. Uh, I do have uh, this though. <laughs> but I think it's a little too chapo because they do the. Blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not here for that. Let's be. Oh, stop it. it <laughs> now you long. can't shut it off. Yeah, it goes very long. <laughs> um, no, it just has all my favorites, and then it's got the mm, what you says. Yeah, yeah. And a Mario power up like. Oh. Um. Yeah. The bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is going to be a problem, though, because you already have a problem with your business papers, and My now you have paper. a self-imposed business paper of the soundboard. Well, maybe we should maybe we should fine-tune the soundboard and put it away for the rest of this episode. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Fine. <laughs> You, you immediately started scrolling through something else. Yeah, I, I got talk. a business paper <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Um, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like um, like trials in the Senate, where like when there's uh, confidential inter- information introduced, they all go in a room and they make them lock their phones and like lead boxes plastic, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to do that to do the podcast from I, now on. Ew, fine. <laughs> um, no, but talking Christmas. Yeah, what about it? I don't know. You excited to go home? Uh, no, I'm gonna no. eat some duck, so I don't really know how to feel. You know, I um, I'm excited to go home in the usual sense. Like, I like everything that I do while I'm there. Mm-hmm. I like hanging out with my dad. I have like multiple events. It's a very scheduled time of year for uh, me. Uh, I, the last four or five years, it's just become that. Like, they're the same three or four things that I do every year. It's an at agenda. The same time okay. every day. Nice. And so I'm excited to do that stuff or whatever. It'll be fine. But I was saying to Ulrika today, I, I feel like this year I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm reticent about going back because I feel like it's interrupting my flow. For whatever reason, I really feel like I should be in New York right now. Huh. And I and because I've just had a lot going on, like psychically oh, and yeah. just in my life. That to like, like sit with yourself and be like, it's yeah, Christmas time in the it, city. It feels more right to do that. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm a little reluctant to go home because I just I mm, I need I need to like I need some contemplative time. And this isn't going to help me. You know? No, not at all. No, no. You'll be blackout drunk for three I'm, straight yeah, days. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be drunk the entire time. I mean, it's like, it's very, it's Including very the fun, flight, but probably, it's but... taxing. Yeah, that's true at this point. Um, no, I, I once, do you remember the one year I flew out Christmas Eve, did Christmas Eve with my family and then Christmas morning flight? Because I was like, got to get back for work. I do remember that. That's crazy. This was like when I was teaching, so I was poor. So I was like, I have to work and get any money I can. It's so hard. Um, But the best was flying like the day after Christmas when I was like, I'm off for three days after this because I, you know, did whatever. Yeah. And all hell had broken out in my day job. And I was just sitting in the Hopkins Airport, uh, Great Lakes Brewery, getting shit can hammered. Because I was booted from my flight and they gave me almost $800 in cash. Oh, dude, that's a nice feeling. Um, I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be here, but I'm drinking for free. Oh, yeah. So we're cool. Well, and I'll tell you what, brother. There is nothing better than being... (laughs) What? Excuse me. Did you just brother me? I did. I did. I do not like this. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get used to it. Ew. It's the holiday season, man. I'm, I'm trying to have a spirit of love and I'm extending it to you. Please don't. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Please don't. Don't extend this spirit of love at me. Ugh. Yeah, my... Well, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but there, what I was saying is there is nothing better than being in the airport on your way back Oh yeah. home. Because the airport to me is like a free zone. A free zone of gluttony. It's the Vegas of transportation when i'm in the airport i'm fucking drinking i'm eating like shit i'm buying a shitty magazine that i'll read one page of and then throw away like same i go to town in the airport and i especially like it on the way back because you're really feeling that like last gasp energy well you're just like this is the last point of freedom that yeah 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 when i get back i'm gonna get my life together that never happens either but no you know yeah i like i like a return airport there's that louis ck joke where he's like i got cinnabon 
at the yeah. airport when I landed. Um, yeah, the la- that's the, the most disgusting option. The too. last time I flew into New York, I did that with Shake Shack, though, I have to admit. That's not bad. It's just, I mean, in some ways, sometimes you get worse. off of a flight and you're like, I'm starving. Yeah. Like when we landed from San Diego, I was like, okay, time to go. And I was so hungry because I slept through, I keep sleeping through the snack options. I miss the JetBlue snacks. I know. I do the same thing, man. And I was so mad. I got like pop chips and I'm like, well, fuck me. This is stupid. And we're driving down Atlantic and I'm like, it's like spicy chicken. Something's back. I'm like, guys, turn, taking a right. And everyone was happy. Oh, like, yeah. We're not mad. Can you just get fries and a cheeseburger? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Make it rain. Give it. I don't, I don't care. Everyone's happy that you broke the ice on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to say it. Gwen and Phil were like, sick. I'm like, yes. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah um, you do know, though, I feel like you're going to think this is a shameful thing, but it's totally permissible. On JetBlue flights, you're allowed to just get up and go back to the concessions area. I and... thought that is was if you were a mint flyer. Oh, maybe they changed I, it now. That's only really? that's, that's only for first class. God damn it! I'm sorry, Mint. Oh my JetBlue, please sponsor us. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't have any miles. I don't oh. have a credit card. <laughs> I can't use a credit card. Damn, an airline sponsorship would be really sick. Yeah, no one has that. Yeah, no, I know. I don't know. Maybe like the Daily or something. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, no. What What are they wasting their time on podcasts for? <sighs> like flights. I was just listening to someone said this joke on podcast i was listening to they have to give you the thing of thank you for choosing whatever airline because it's like you chose this you subscribe to this shit show right and i was like that's the truth that's a good joke because there's truth wow <laughs> comedy is you know the the two faces common dramedy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um Ulrika and i today we went to the whitney oh um what's there oh i know what's there we just decided to go to the dentist well it's the rachel harrison yeah. show um which i worked on so i wanted to see yeah um and they rearranged their collection i mean i haven't been there in a long time i haven't been there since the whitney biennial was up anyway the the i forget what i was gonna say fuck you were going and you were okay flights drama comedy oh right uh we were really bored by the art in the whitney but (laughs) there was several um (laughs) did you go to bubby's for brunch no There, there was several um hilarious like clown images and Ulrika was trying to collect enough clowns. I'm going with the tragedy comedy oh, okay. thing. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, there's a hilarious Edward Hopper painting of a clown that um, really reminds me. It's a. It's got a lot of Joker energy. You know. What oh, I mean? it's, it's like, it's like, like really... standing, but it's like a Punchinello. No, it, no, it's like this really weird caricature of like a diner waitress waiting on a clown that's like smoking a cigarette and sitting at a table in a room full of people. The fuck. But the only people facing the viewer are this waitress and the clown. Everyone else has your back turned to them. Um, it had some Joaquin Phoenix, Arthur Fleck energy, if I'd ever it. seen it. I've never gotten to see it. I might, should I take myself to a movie tomorrow? I feel like that's Yeah, you indulgent. absolutely should. And I'll, I'll, I want to see a Parasite. Oh, yeah. Um, Parasite was getting like number one on a lot of movie mm-hmm. lists. I still haven't yeah. seen it, but um, yeah, everyone says it's really, really good. Like, do I want to see a Star War? Yeah, I'm going to try and see a Star Wars maybe tomorrow when I go to Ohio. Mm. It's easy to see those type of movies in Ohio. Because no one's there. Whereas in New York, it's just sold out like every day for three weeks. But if I am not, if I don't have a margarita in my hand and like fries coming, I don't want to do it. Dude, I, I'm telling you what, I know. I, I could have gotten tickets to Star Wars for today, like during the day. Oh. And I didn't want to do it because I'm like really have just grown accustomed to the drinking and being eating. weighted on it, you know, aspect yeah. of it. And yeah, I don't know. Minus that, I don't think I'm going to go to the movies anymore. No. The regular theater is like, you know, you're locked in there with the animals. I, holy fake. Um, 
No, I mean, like, I do like a New Year's Day movie. I think that's actually fun. You're just hungover and everything hurts. Let's go see a movie. Fine. But, like, I don't know. No, like, like speaking of those, like, solemn Christmas vibes, like, you're going to be here alone for a couple days. Like, going to a movie by yourself during the holiday season when New York's a little bit empty and stuff. I kind of like, love it. That's my, one of my favorite all-time activities. It's the kind of New York that I like, where, but it's also a stereotype where you're just like, the city is always here. It's a living thing. And you're like, okay, Carrie. Yeah, right. Exactly. Shut the fuck up. It's not a living thing. It's just, you just get to do, like, granted, there's tourists and they're, like, fucking lost and you're like, whatever. <coughs> but, like, if people are around, you're like, let's go do things. Like, let's do activities that we don't normally do because right. we can. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, thank Christ. We can, like, have a movie, go to a place where there's normally it's hard to get a table like whatever it's lovely there's there's just uh there's just something really nice about it being winter it's dark all the time like go to a diner treat yourself to like a cup of coffee at an inappropriate time of day with like a tuna melt or whatever and then go see a movie okay that's gross I'm that not shit there. i'm not there for that that shit i love like a cup of coffee at like 10 at night but like you can go to bemelman's on the upper east get a martini at the bar no one's there Oh, yeah, this is your version of the same thing that I'm talking about. Yes, it's but very yeah, bougie. It's, my, my my Christmas is very Upper East Side, like, waspy as fuck. It's the same sentiment, though, of, like, dining by yourself in a nearly empty restaurant in New yeah. York. It, it, You're probably going to get laid later. This is my narrative. Oh, okay. um, yeah. What, are you going to hit up that producer in Times Square? No, thank you. No. <laughs> no, one of my usuals is like, you going home? I'm like, nope. Nope, got an apartment to myself. Oh, cool. A lot of you up texts going on over the holiday break for you. <laughs> Hi, it's Christmas Eve. Do you want to celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by uh, fucking? Yeah, well. Mm -hmm. God, yes. God, yes. God, rest ye merry gentlemen. <laughs> you sing all things on together when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> just when you nut, just like... How, I don't know how it goes. I don't know how it goes fuck. actually either. I was just searching for it in my mind and I was like, fuck, I like only vaguely know the tune of the song and I can't. You know. I was going to say like, uh, uh, silent night. <laughs> um, anyway, that's disgusting. Damn, dude, that's a disgusting it, image. Save it for the Patreon. You're in quite a mood tonight. I've had to be so many different people today. Yeah. Like the hats that I had to put on are so fucking stupid that I'm like mm -hmm. mad. Um, so now you're just going with no Jimmy hat. This is raw dog. Will, are you familiar with the term Jimmy hat? Yes. It's called a condom. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. which also, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't even want to know. What no, you don't want to know. Um, no one wants to know. Um, <laughs> this is raw, unfiltered Christmas, Christmas spirit. Yeah. Um, no, um, sh shall we get to the task at hand? Which we're going to yeah. either dance or throw flowers on the grave of the still living. Well, you know, this is this is interesting because I thought the tone of this episode would be very different than it's so far been. Uh, so now <laughs> we would now, be more serious. Gonna, yeah, now we're going to now we're going to just totally shift gears. But I, I suppose that's what but we I do think, like, on Green and Lewis. I think what we're about to discuss requires a bit of levity because there is ridiculousness in it. Oh, there absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's let's. Let's set it up. Let's get Shall into we? it. Um, we, as I'm sure many of you have, uh, have been talking off mic about Peter Schaldahl's, uh essay from earlier this week. It's not even really an essay. I don't know. It actually isn't on newsstands in the magazine. What the fuck? Isn't on magazines 
magazine stands until Monday. Oh, really? So it's it the 28th issue. It hasn't come 28th. out in print yeah. yet, but it's been out online for a while, and that's you know that's where everyone our age would see yeah. it. So uh, we're talking about The Art of Dying by Peter Sheldahl, um, who I guess we should just say right off the bat, like we, we, know. we both know. Yeah. Um, He's been in our I studios. had two encounters with Peter Sheldahl over the years. We went to his party. Yeah, we used to go to his parties upstate for the 4th of July, which, God, you know, uh, it's youth. sad that Peter's dying, but like really it's the parties that died first you know that was the early indicator no i just also think he was like fucking freeloaders get the hell off my lawn yeah pretty much i mean and we were you know we were literally on his lawn yeah, so yeah. You know. well i knew it was over what we're talking about is he threw giant fourth of july parties with fireworks displays and blah 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 you had to it. know and you had and you yeah. had to know about them to go up there but at a certain point social media made it possible for everyone to know uh, and the parties grew steadily from a few hundred people to like what? What would you say? Too many end? fucking grad students. Yeah, basically yeah. just like grad students from every college in the area, overwhelming Hi. the place. Did I visit you in the tri-state area? Come on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, they were a lot of fun at the time. But I remember knowing it was over the last year that it ever happened when I got yelled at for smoking a cigarette by some scold mom. The fuck? Yeah. In Peter's lawn? Yeah, exactly. The of most, all people? You know, we'll talk about it when we talk about the thing, but one of the most like pro-smoking people of all time, probably second only to David Hockney. Um, the man's a goddamn chimney. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And, and he's dying of lung cancer. And he's very unapologetic about his smoking in his piece, so... But yeah, I got yelled at by a mom that was like, why are you smoking right next to me? And I was like, where am I supposed to go? We're outdoors. We're surrounded by people and we're outside. Also, like someone, someone get Peter over here to kick this woman out. <laughs> someone get Peter to back me up on this one, please. Yeah, but um, God damn it! Sorry, we're both getting business papers. That's now from Ulrika. Yeah, no, the, I know. the the trading of memes or videos. I was like, please send it to Vicky Louise Elmer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, thank just, you. I actually just watched that a yeah. minute ago. But this is bad. We can't talk about this right now. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we're talking I mean, about a dying man. Yeah. Did, did you uh, uh, end up rereading Art of Dying, or did you just read it the one time? I just read it the one time. I was, like, packing my studio, and then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then got very distracted. You read the whole thing, though, yeah. right? You yeah. finished it. Well, because we were having a conversation about this a couple nights ago, in which we were kind of snarking on the piece for a lot of reasons, but I had not finished it at that time. I was... Mm, it's interesting, and, like, I care, but also there's some wild tangents that I'm like, what? Yeah. Peter. Uh, um, we can get into that stuff, but that's kind of nice to hear that maybe you've softened a little bit, uh, as have I. I mean, I've totally t- changed my tune. I think it's you really... printed it. You brought reference. It, you brought business papers to the table, dude. I've read it like more than I've read it three times now, three and a half times. Well, it's a very poetic structure. It, like, yes, it's a meandering kind of self soliloquy, if that's a thing. Which I'm like, okay, props to you. But like, it's like someone who's a critic being a critic on their own life. Yes, which is actually really wonderful it's not like because he states in it like i could never write a memoir because i'm like i don't like using the word i but like at this time like i can just string together little narratives right and it's sort of um i don't know what those are called but like the the large periods that are in the center of the the page between photographs it's it's like structured um with like you know paragraph or several paragraph long um short stories or memories yeah um punctuated by bulletins and it you know it jumps in and out of time in interesting ways like it seems like it's like it was either spoken into a microphone or an interview and then it's just like those are just the dashes of the thought 
changing. Yeah, maybe, but um, he's he's a really good writer and and has a really like wide vocabulary. Like, I get the sense that Sheldon's probably borderline like a typewriter guy. It really, it very much feels yeah. like a piece of writing. He's a legal pad guy. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Like it was he writes long form. It was written long form because um, there's an NPR short segment i don't know what show it was on but you can find it online as a podcast where they interview him for like six minutes about the piece um and he's not nearly as eloquent a speaker maybe it's the microphones i don't know um as he is a writer and and that's no. sort of my memory he, of him in life too like he was relatively quiet in my experiences he's with brief because yeah. he's l- you know, in the studio, he's looking and then just responding very quickly and like asking a question. Like that's his thing. But then you wait, and then but he remembers what he sees. Yes, yeah. Because he would see him out in public and be like, "Hi, Peter." He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember you. Right. You're still doing this, this, this. Oh yeah, I like you." And you're yeah. like, "Oh, what the fuck? Who are you?" Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. The I read the piece a few times because and it's really stuck with me. Like it has some. There's some really indelible lines in there that I've been like. Y- you know, repeating to people or like I will um, or like wanting. Can I have the thing I'd want to. Sure. I have a printed out copy here that I highlighted some stuff in, mm. but, um, so but yeah, many pages I've been, are you 95? What is this? It's just the way that it came out of the printer. I didn't do that. Jesus on H Christ. Uh, printing from websites is problematic. It just does whatever it's for it does. the old people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I was talking about it today with Ulrika. I was talking about it with my coworker Tony yesterday. Like it's just coming up in my thinking quite often. That is a good line. Swatted a fly and thought the other day and thought, hmm, outlived you. Yeah. The yeah. comma is a sound. Right. Which he is that person who goes, hmm. He's a hmm person. Um Yeah, and there's a lot of humor in the piece. I'm like really impressed overall with how sanguine he seems to be about his own death. Like he lived a really cool life. He's not doesn't seem to in any way have any regrets no and i realize that it's a public presentation and some of that must be kind of a put on but i also kind of believe him like it's a really sincere piece of writing it reminded me a lot of like reading don delillo like i hope he would think that that was a compliment because Hmm. the the poetry of it and the structuring of it like uh, delillo has a novel called great jones street that's about a musician that um decides to retire from the touring scene and spend some time getting to know an artist and a writer in this loft space on great Jones. And it's, you know, it's a slow book with no real plot other than like things that happen to him while he's there. It's not very exciting. Um, but Peter's piece like reminded me of great Jones street a little bit. Like his life seems to fit that mold. There's been a lot of downtown elegy going on. Um, there was just a reading somewhere downtown where it was, uh, Max Blagg, did a reading of a poem called I Remember Tribeca. And it's this very long thing. It was on Walter Robinson's Instagram. Like he transcribed the whole thing over four text oh, posts. Wow. Okay. Um, it's all narratives of people like he, like I remember Jim Neris or, or Jamie Neris. Cause like the, fami- like there's a lot of familiarity. Cause like back in the day, like everybody was just down there. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like, it was a downtown in a way that we don't think of as eighties downtown. It was like very alt seventies tribeca where you're like no one went there right, there were right. Cl- some clubs and then those like things changed there was old new york no one, it was a dead zone my, my sense of it uh, my sense of downtown new york in the 60s and 70s before it was the glamour of the 80s that you were referring to a minute ago but it wasn't soho it wasn't no Side. it was like tribeca was a very specific thing sure it was different because it wasn't lofts and no judd and 
a minimal kind of thing. It was people who were a little messier. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it was the bohemian, the bohemianism of like the beats, yeah, and the fallout of like a poetry scene. I mean, he Peter talks about that a little bit in in this piece, where Mm -hmm. like the the lines that people drew between their communities were sort of more about their mediums, it seems, and a lot less about like money or or thinking. It was like. Uh, the poetry people had their own parties and the art people had funner parties, as he says. Yes, you know? yeah. Um, you know, and he was an aspiring poet, but also a journalist and sort of got in with the art crowd in a, like an ass-backwards way. Yeah. Um, I was also really impressed to learn that like he was more or less autodidactic. Like I didn't I didn't really know that, that he went to college for one year, dropped out. Like he, his, his education is like fully through experience. But did he drive a tractor trailer across America? Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody's going to be lamenting Papa Jerry when he finally kicks the bucket. The sooner the better. <laughs> um, well, if he keeps drinking like four Dunkin' Donuts coffees a day and reusing the styrofoam containers, he's gonna he's gonna get a different kind of cancer. Hmm. Reheating. Oh, uh, we don't know how to cook. Oh, fuck off. Um. Well, I, I don't know. That's like what's so you know as a contrast to Jerry Saltz, it's what's so ingratiating about somebody like Peter Sheldahl. I mean, um, Oh, this line is perfect by the way. Go ahead. Just as in addition to like talking about Jerry self-knowledge exclamation, almost better, almost better never than this late. Like clearly like there's some like, Ooh, I fucked up in life. Like, cause when he talks about his daughter and like the relationship when he was like boozy. Yeah. Like I tried to work on that cause it took a while. Yeah. Yeah, Peter discusses in the article, like, he sort of had to reconstruct his relationship with his daughter when she was a teenager because he didn't get sober well into his 50s Ooh. until well into his 50s. And his daughter was, like, 16 and says something like, uh, and so now you've decided to be my father. Yeah. And he has to, like, sort of wrestle with... And handle that. Constructing that relationship. I mean, he's he's so on the surface and honest about his relationships in this thing. Like, yeah. It must be difficult for his family to read because, like, his mother is still alive at 102. And Excuse me? Yeah. I mean, he says it in there. And what? He doesn't really paint her in a flattering light. Like, she sounds like a kind withholding. of... Withholding. Cold, withholding, yeah. yeah. Um, woman of a different time, you know. Well, you su- if you survived the Depression... Yeah. You pissed at everything and you are bitter and you will hold on for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and he he says something like, uh, I, I don't even, uh, I, I think about my family and friends intermittently, but I think about writing all the time. Yeah. The whole piece is sort of premised on this idea that it's a love letter to his readers and that like writing seems to be like the thing that he will miss, like being creative more than, um, I don't know, even having relationships. It seems secondary to him. Or at least that's how he presents it. Yeah, which is also, it's a strange thing to be someone in a creative realm where you're just like... <sighs> You know, I don't know how often you think about this, but like the it's not it's the pure it's not narcissism. The pure selfishness of doing anything creative is like at the cost of everyone around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your relationships with you know your your family, your friends. Like you know, like it's it's on its face untenable in polite not polite society, but like it's. It's morally reprehensible, the things we ask of other people in terms of accommodating time, the allowance of like, I need me time. Right. Um, I need me money. That's just for this thing. That's a sinking pit. Like same thing with if you're writing, like you're just like, I just need a lot of things from people to be left alone. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, <clears throat> that's very selfish. 
it's selfless in the face of history if you're grandiose, but that's narcissism. That's where yeah, the narcissism right, right. kicks. But yeah, like, there's, I mean, there's a necessary narcissism to being an, an artist. And like, um, I don't know if the morality of it is suspect so much. I mean, you could, you could make that claim, but it's really, to me, really simple that just n- normal people that don't have a creative impulse, um, just do not understand it. And, like, you have, why don't you want to n- watch Netflix all day? It's like, yeah. You, I mean, I do, but like, I, I also have to go do this thing. But doing something like watching Netflix seems like the equivalent of eating candy. Yeah. You know, or eating McDonald's all day. It's like, yeah, I know everybody wants to do that all day. But on a certain level, I feel responsible to avoid that in order to like make something. Or just to not be that person who just submits. And that's hard. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm guilty of this. Like, I get tired and I'm like, I'm not going today. Right. Like, well, what you just said is actually a really interesting thing. Like, you're sort of indicting everyone around you that isn't creative when you say, like, I need to uh, disavow everything that you love in order to do what I do, including me. It, yes. Yeah. You know, like, it further alienates you from people that are already never going to understand, like, just the sensuous quality of making a drawing or there's, there's really simple things eh, that you know that's a bit much all i'm like, getting at is that there's really simple things that artists take for granted every day that like normal people don't even have access to that kind of sensitivity and then on top of that you're saying like our relationship has to suffer for this thing you don't understand yeah you're, you don't get it even yeah. though you're allowing me to do this and it's like there's a constant why be con yeah why be condescending it's just like hey is it okay like but also you don't want to be the person who asked for like asked for permission like that is so bonkers. Like, do you mind if I go to my studio? Do you mind if I have a studio? Like, well, all of your artist friends are going to look at you as a cuck, frankly. Well, if you're like whipped like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Like when I was, when I was in finance and was, you know, flourishing in my bank account, invert that, um, you know, my parents are like, do you want to, do you want to think about giving up the studio, putting it in storage until you have money? I'm like, but now I have time. To- I have time, so I'm going. Like I, I, I have to keep moving towards something. Sure. Like I don't want to be like, uh, like. Also, it's a, you don't want to get into the like New York real estate of like it's actually a sweet deal. So like I need this because like locking this in is like, oh, really sure. good. Like yeah. you, there's a practical component to it. Yeah, well. you're just like, eh, we just kind of sit on real estate in New York because uh, it's cheap, um, or it's not cheap. So. The thing I have is cheap, so we have to just hold on to it. Right. But no, um, we talked about this a lot in your darkest days of finance, where like um, the symbolic thing of giving up the ghost on a studio or something. Yeah. E- e- Even if temporary, it just the resignation, like it's hard to get back into it. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I haven't used my studio in three months. I went there one time to like pick up the computer that I keep there because I needed it for something. Mm. Um, and even that, uh, is is a hard admission to make publicly you know what i mean like i i don't i don't like that about myself i don't like that i've been doing that but um but also you have to again the so to formally do that in the sense that you exit your lease and you have to put everything into storage i mean you're really entombing an entire part of yourself and it's hard to like lazarus that back into well also if that's dead and then you're like money path is dead we're not talking about peter anymore that's okay but well we are talking about lazarus but like it is about you know compartmentalizing parts of your life which like can you do that as a sane person probably not like i don't it's not healthy no one is granted anyone who does this here it's not healthy um 
but like if you try to like just shut something off like the other thing that keeps you here like fiscally or you know whatever insurance you know all those if that is also fucked like you are just like why not just be jumping off a bridge? Yeah, right. Like, at that point, you have no reason to live. And, you know... Your reason, your main reason for being in a place is gone. Your main yes. ability to do it... Like, no, you should just be like, fuck it. Move it in my parents' basement. But it's like, you can't do that. Like, or I, at least in my darkest hour, I was like, I'm not that person. Right, right, right. Oh, no, thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, even if you have a stable day job and you're making a lot of money, but you don't have your studio, the importance of that part of your life is deflated too. Cause yeah. now your identity is completely collapsed into what you do for money, which, which is trash, which garbage, is I think yeah. what any good artist is always trying to avoid. Yeah. I think that's why successful artists, especially today when they get mega rich, um, have such a problem with this because you don't have anything to go against anymore. I think it makes yeah. it hard for successful artists to make interesting work. And I think, it, you know, cause it, you got to keep like playing the hits. Otherwise, sure. you know, and in my limited experience with them, yeah, it, it drives them drives a significant quantity of them. Like pretty crazy. Well, you have to print your own money. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the industry you're in now. Yeah. Yeah. You don't now you take up knitting. Right. Or yeah, like, and I mean, how do you have a hobby on the side? Like, yeah, how do you have hobbies? Creative on, yeah. thinking is so all-consuming. Like, there's not a lot that's fulfilling about just working with your hands. Like, I think that's because you already do that. You all already the time. do that. Yeah. I think that's like a common fallacy, you know, amongst normies is that like, oh, it's just sort of a hobby for you. And why don't you be a bricklayer? Like, I got that on uh, my high school like vocation exam one time because I answered all these questions about. Oh, like, I got refrigerator repairman exactly. or engineer, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like. Those are very different. You'll just get steered in these weird directions where, oh, you like to work with your hands, but it's not that. That's just... I think I got writer, too. Hmm. And I was yeah. like, the fuck? No. Well, one of my favorite lines from Peter's piece was, uh, writing is hard, otherwise everyone would do it. Um, writing sucks. It's And it is really difficult. Like, um, I, I don't know. I had occasion today to just take a note. And I realized I am so inarticulate and like incapable because it was like an abstract thought. You know what I mean? It was like an emotional, philosophical thing that I that I was occurring to me uh-huh. and was cl- crystal clear in my mind. And then when I went you to put, put it in, in writing, I was fucked? like, yeah. I actually just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a it's a very well, hard skill to do. Words develop. famously cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But gold. Oh yeah. You know. Um. But anyway, Shelley. Um. I don't know. I I still don't know how to feel about it. Like, I just, like, there's a lot of just admissions that you're just like, why are you, like, clearing the ghosts out of the closet on your deathbed? Like, that's the part where I'm like, mm, we could not. Um, but- well, you know, that that was the way we were talking about it the other night. And when I had only read a little bit of it, it did feel that way to me. But after finishing it and revisiting it, like, I felt like those stories were really poignant and kind of tender. They were really show-offy, too. Oh, it's like, a don't lot get of me wrong. It was like, yeah. I've lived a fucking cool ass life. And here's some of the well, crazier also, shit that's happened to me. I'm Grandpa Shelley and I've lived more than you fucks. And yeah. you're like, yes, you have. I think he has a lot of pride in the fact that he's really cool because he was. And and most of those sort of technically is we don't know he's dead. Yeah, most of those salacious stories are just evidence of that. You know, it is really superficial in a way, but it it that's okay with me. It was wrapped up in like a, a complete enough package and was so tender overall 
that like him talking about like experimenting with being gay and like um oh so he gave nearly, the guy a hand job right like, whatever or, like nearly committing suicide and not being able to do it like yeah that was yeah there's a lot of major moments and you know what why not tell those stories because you have nothing left to lose anymore like the the blunt the blunt quality of the piece i thought was admirable yeah i like there's something that's ineloquent about laying something bare which like you know you read the things and you're like you're just an eloquent motherfucker like yeah. you know his essay on jeff coons is like crystallizing my brain because it starts with i hate jeff coons and it actually turns out not not, not so the much. case yeah, not yeah. the case but like the eloquence of being a thoughtful word person yes a thoughtful wordsmith is that your words betray your actual emotions right because you get to think through a, th- you get to think through actual consumable thought. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. This is like something I am not eloquent. So like the process of putting these thoughts into grammar actually crystallizes your actual feeling in a way that lets you say something inflammatory and then lets you work it out in real time along with the reader. So you get to suggest to the reader along with yourself. You're fighting with yourself, but also for a reader. Yeah. Which we can't do that as visual people. Like, that's not our thing. Like, we can't do that. We we just plop a thing and we're like, that's a thing. Well, you know, wait, I thought it. The, you know, there is a certain amount of collaboration with your viewer. Like, I think if you're a good artist, like, you are trying to figure out how to rewire their sensitivities to your point or closer to yours yeah like but you have no guarantee that that can happen and there's no um there's no shared language visual art is a personal language trying to interact with another person's personal private language and the overlap between those two things is probably minimal whereas if you're a writer and you're dealing with the english language everybody is on the shares same page. That. You, you share the vernacular. You know, yeah. I mean, at the very least. In, the la- in the last few years, like the more and more interested I've become in like fiction writers or the certain people that I like, like that's what's so attractive about them is you really do, you, you do feel the touch or the quality of another human in a yeah. way that art never gives you that. There's too much plasticity and like artifice between the author and the viewer, whereas with the author and the reader, there's a real intimacy. Well, because it's in your head too. Yes. Those thoughts are in your head. So, like, I don't know. Like, Peter's really good because he's good at one-offs. Yeah. He, at least in terms of, like, conversation. Like, he'll have a one-off and you're like, huh? What? Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm, I got to think about that more because that was a one-off to you and you're going to think that. Right. Because that's your first take. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of person, especially in that, where you're like, the first take is, I can't write about myself, but let me tell you how I can write my story another way. Yes. So that brain space is going, I have a, you know, we're trash people because we're like hot takes. Right, right. Like he has hot takes, but they're very warm. You know, they're warm takes where it's like, I think I feel a way, but he can talk himself out of it or into it deeper. Well, he can explain to you what it's like to feel one way and then immediately check yourself and then arrive at a different way. It's very and check your checking. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's it's all this dialectics, but that's what all good writers do. Is like they, I, I've I've but said that's also AA. I, sure, but I've but I've said to you before, like I think that good writers are sort of able to describe the air between things. Like that's the visual illustration that I can sort of put on it. Is like the feeling in a room has nothing to do with the objects in a room. Like bad writers will just fill the pages with description. Good writers are really good at. Um, really ineffable qualities and 
but this is what I always loved about like yeah. Picture. This is what I always loved about the potential of like visual art is like it's not about the thing itself. It's about the betweenness and the aroundness, like in a like Derridian, Derridaian. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I never read that shit, so I don't know. But like I always was like, we bring a lot of shit to the things we see, but like let's talk around it. Sure. You know, from when I was very young, you know this. Yeah. Like I like, like can you get a reference? If not, is the thing still satisfying? I don't know. Right. Like, or like, is the thing like a, a stupid joke? Like, I don't know. Like, all of this around is more interesting than like, let's just talk about the thing. Yeah, yeah. Who fucking cares? Like, well, see I mean, it, get it, or not, uh, whatever. But like, that's what's so unsatisfying about like um, the height of minimalist art or like certain really dry conceptual art um, where like. Which is ostensibly about aroundness, and you're like, but it's about aroundness. But it's an illustration of it. Yeah, which like, makes it yeah. bad. Like I, I feel like good art, whether it's writing or painting or anything, is, is atmospheric. That's yeah. the word, that's the word in the room. Like, um, you know, th- I guess you know academics would probably just say that that's a very romantic sensibility, um, and they're right. But also, yeah. So what? I don't know. Oh, going back to Peter, you met yeah. Brooke, right? Um, I we might met, have, I but I don't really remember. I remember being like handshook. Like, she sounds like a fierce bitch, and I do want to shout her out yeah because she's like fuck you you're drunk get out right like good for you like i come from the people of the irish uh descent yeah you know what they do they drink motherfucker what the hell <laughs> oh i'm sorry i misunderstood yeah <laughs> of yeah. course they drink duh duh they drink any potatoes for fuck's sake um but like you know like that level of like someone who's like fuck you i know what this is like and i don't have time it's like oh you know what like uh, life would be very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, I wonder how she's taking all of this. Because you, you only get one contemporary scene with her in the piece, which yeah. is towards the end when Peter describes himself writing the piece. It's, like, sort of the most meta moment where he says, I'm not in pain as I'm writing this right now. And yeah. Brooke is uh, on the bed in the other room with our dogs, undoubtedly. And yeah. It's, like, a really beautiful yeah. segment. But that's the only glimpse you get of how she's dealing with his death. And she seems also... At peace with that, in yeah. that in that in that moment, um, and I wonder about that whether that's just like projecting, you know, or hoping, uh, hoping. Yeah, yeah, it's hoping on Peter's part that she's cool with it because yeah. I'm sure. I mean, you're you're losing your husband. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never lost someone over the long course of like a long drawn out yeah, thing. Right. Like that's never been a thing. Like people just drop dead. I'm like, okay, well, great, perfect. Or I've had the luxury of not being present for a sickness. Right. Like, well, um, a few years ago, I mean, it was when we were in grad school. It's more than a few years ago now, 10 years ago. Bitch, it's 10 years. Um, we old. When my grandma was dying, uh, I was Which not... you hid from everyone. I was not there for really any of it. I visited her one time, and I, and I do remember, like, the last moment I ever had with her and knowing that was it, and us both knowing that it was it. Um, but she was a tough-ass bitch and dealt with that appropriately, which was just... We didn't, we didn't deal with it, but it wasn't like avoidance. It was just like steel reserve, you know, I, I loved that moment. Um, but anyway, I, I did (laughs) one, what the cans of steel reserve, steel reserve is a 40. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She loved those too. So (laughs) is this the grandma that used to sneak cigs out of drive home? I mean, she was a drinker and a smoker and died at like a relatively young age. Like, I mean, not unlike Peter. I mean, he, he lived a lot longer than he should have, but still like 
you know, if you live to be 77 and you smoke every day, if you didn't smoke, he would have lived to be 100, as evidenced uh, by his mother. Genetically, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my grandma died pretty young. But what I was going to say was like, I, I do know from a distance what that's like because I witnessed the impact that that had on my mom. Mm-hmm. And like I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Like I, I, I do think that like, uh, quick, quick death, not on like breaking up with somebody or whatever, is the pulling the bandaid off is tragic. Mm, you know but, about that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, um, uh, but it, it's much. Pay five dollars to hear that story. Uh-huh. Um, no, I yeah, I, uh, my grandpa, and my mom said just. Had a heart attack in the middle of the night, dead. I was like, oh, grandpa's dead. Okay. Um, I was here when my grandma died. Like, the last interaction I had was when I was so hungover for Thanksgiving and, like, vomed, like, after I ate and it was bad. And I was like, uh. And, like, that that racks me with guilt. I was like, the last time I ever saw her was, like, when I was in bad shape. Like, do you want, like, the last memory of your, like, favorite grandson? Let's be real. Um, to be like, oh, he was hungover and stupid. Like, why is he a hot mess? It's like, I live in New York because I'm a hot mess. Um, you know, but she was also the one who's like, you can bring whoever you want to Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, like your roommate. And I'm like, I'm not fucking him. No, 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 Grandma, no, 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 absolutely not. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, no. But you know, okay, we're not talking about this. Great. But like, you know, my family's like, you know, it's a mess and like I'm getting... You know, when you get a call at work to your store, to your store, yeah. in my case, they're like, hey, grandma's out. And like, you have to, like, close the door and, like, f- have a breakdown. Like, that sucks. Like, yeah. you want to be present for the people around. Sure. It's the aroundness. Yeah. Right? Again. Again. It's back to that. It yeah. goes back to the aroundness of, like, you don't want to be so selfish in your life that, like, when the people that you love are hurting, that you can't be there for them. Yeah. Like that sucks, and this is part. This goes back to the dying thing. It's like the people who will be hurting are his family, because whether it's unsaid things, his wife, his, in his daughter's case, or his wife. Like, I'm sure they want to read him the fucking riot act. Oh sure, but yeah. you can't when someone's actively dying. Right, right. Well, and you know, in, in Peter's case, he seems to have so much agency over his own death. I mean, that's why smoking is such a prominent part of the piece i mean there's a there's a little section where he's like cigarettes i remember smoking in the last couple of months and it's like oh i love that, that it was hilarious <laughs> it's a, this this hilarious laundry list of just cigarette brands but we um, know he loves marlboro short golds and and you know it's a broader point than just the smoking but it, it, he uses that as like a, a kind of mechanism i think yeah. to get to this point about agency that like he had a lot of um he had a lot of involvement in his own death, and that's part of why it's easier to deal with. But also, Most like, at people... 77, you want to go in chemo? Sure, no. You're just going to die a longer, slower death. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Even, I mean, you see it in, like, Breaking Bad. Like, even younger people that could live another 20, 30 years are like, I don't want to try. Why be a burden? Yeah. Well, also, I think, like, in terms of death, like, why be a burden? Like, I don't... Yeah. Well, and, and, let me and drop dead. And then this is what I'm getting at: is that most like, people, one way or another, have no agency in their own death. You either die suddenly and you don't even know it, um, or your family kind of talks you out of it because they selfishly want more time with you. Yeah, and so you do a torturous thing on their behalf, and you know, and it's physically irresponsible to be perfect, like in our day and age. Like, oh yeah, in America, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but you know, I, I I think he's really lucky. I mean, I think when yeah. we were kind of snarking on it the other night, it was. For me, it was this like jealousy and resentment of 
he's he's a lucky guy. He led a really charmed life that was really cool and exciting, and his circumstances are good at the end. And if I'm, I I don't even want to say critical of him. I'm not critical of him. I'm jealous of him because I fear that I won't get that. You know, and I think we all do. Just that, you know, it, it doesn't work out for everybody. Your financial yeah. situation might not be very good. You might walk out of the door tomorrow and get hit by a car. Like, I don't want any of those things. And, and to be reminded of death in such a tender way. Yeah. And the person that's writing this is, like, so relaxed about it. And self-aware. Like, yeah. you know, like, the self-awareness is the thing that you're just like, how dare you, bitch? Like, I don't know. Like, can I have that again? I need to see the end. There's a, something at the end of it that I... This is me flipping. Um... Well, that's the other part that I, while you're looking for this, that's the other part that I'm jealous of, like not even the material things that he has that make it easier for him at the end, but the self-knowledge, as he says, Mm -hmm. that he arrived at, um, I'm really envious of. And like, I hope to get there, like regardless of my material circumstances, I don't really care if I'm forgotten about or if I'm broke or whatever, but I hope I will have learned something by the time I die. And it's not clear to me that you get that luxury necessarily no. will yeah. well i i there was this little short pat sorry there's gonna be a lot of mic bounce there um i <clears throat> there's that thing where he talks about like some another writer that he knows who like gave a, like had the thought they were dying got a like critical diagnosis and then read everyone to shit and then it was like he says cat scratch fever and yeah. it's like oh your tests were out of balance like well we redid it right and she had she's like she fled to france to avoid social like you also don't want to do that like no like also what in your, who in their right mind wants to be like i got a critical diagnosis okay christopher come over i need to have a chat with you you are a cunt right. like what <laughs> who does that yeah, like right. why do you want to be that person at the end of your life or at the belief that it's the end of your life and going like you know i never liked you yeah you are terrible well, it makes me feel a lot of pity for a person like that because it's like I'm yeah. 31 years old and I already can tell you definitively that I would not do that. Like my empathy has only grown over time as much the of a selfishness. Yeah. Of like, let me get this off my chest. I think you're trash. Like the, what? The people that I think are trash, I mostly treat with indifference or I shit talk them on this podcast. Like that's or just don't talk to them like a normal human. That's pretty much the extent of it. I don't I don't. You know, it's the Don Draper thing of I don't think about you at all. Like, that's a much harsher diss. If you yes. had a falling out with somebody and you decided, like, Let on your live. deathbed. Let in your grave. Who cares? Well, on your deathbed that, like, you know what? I'm not going to reach out to them. It's not worth it to recover this relationship. That's a much more damning indictment of, like, two people's interaction than walking up to them and saying, like, I think you're trash. You're also, just petty at that point. Also, if that's the thought on your like supposed deathbed that you want to settle scores you are bad like you there like there is no hope for you yeah yeah truly no, I, like no, I agree. you you don't understand the idea of care in a no. holistic sense of living right like you you yourself should be dead already because you are someone should hit you with a bus right yeah, you deserve not bring, it. Not to bring back Mean Girls, but someone you you should be Regina King, and someone should like <laughs> accidentally bust you. Yeah, like on purpose, bust you. Honestly, like right. it's not like why be that person at the end of your life? What the thing I don't understand is like what satisfaction does that bring you as a dying person? Of like, well, at least I told them what they're good for, and it's like, 
Who does that? What? You know, I think I think that's just a person that's in a lot of denial. That's a lot of pain, but it's like that's pain that doesn't need to be projected onto other people. Oh, it doesn't people. need to be transferred generally. Yeah, it's it is yeah, it is transfer it, it, uh, transfer all. Yeah. But but it's also someone that I think is in denial of death cuz they're staying very much in the human world. They're looking at it like, well, my petty arguments are the only thing that is m- really lasting for me. It's it's all that I think about, so that's my scores are settled. Let me just wait for death. Yeah. Like, death might not come now that you've done that. I don't care about your like bookie book. What are they called? Betting book? What are, what are betting books called? <laughs> what, Tibetan Book of the Dead? What the fuck are you talking about? No, like a score book, like a score sheets. What's what's the thing that like if you oh, bet your on the ledger. horses? Yeah. yeah. If you balance your ledger and you're just like famously visual medium laying back with your hands crossed over your chest, yeah. like death might not come for a while. Right. Or never. Yeah. Or not never, but like... Or going... even if it comes quickly, like, why is your concern on your ledger of grievances? I don't know. I, I, I mean, and if There's that, nothing bigger for you? You know, and it's implied in that in the piece that that person was an artist or something. It, it, yeah. It's like, well, what kind of good art could you have possibly made if you are that kind of person? And, you know, there's a lot of There's artists. a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of artists that are like that, that are very successful. But I would say, that, you know, you're not a very good artist if that's how you're going to go out. Um, well, you're not a good human, so no. you can't you actually can't be, be a good a artist, good artist yeah. if you're not a good human. Like, yeah. oh, was that weird to say? I think it. I I was just having the same thought where I'm like, oh, we're moralists. That's very uncool. Well, but I actually believe that. My Catholicism leads me to believe. Like, yeah, I don't know. But why? What the fuck? Uh, thanks, fucking Gemini Moon, <laughs> wrecking me. Yeah, dude. There's a lot. I don't know. People I, were weird today. There was someone screaming. You wish you had this good pussy at, into a store <laughs> on Broadway today, and I was like, oh, "I bet the crazies that guy did. out." Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I was like I said earlier in the episode, I was hanging out with Ulrika today, and so I was, you know, I was getting briefed on all of the like cosmic going ons because I'm very, I am very material asshole. I don't really think about that stuff, but I'm very intrigued by the energy in the world today. I, th- I well, think the, it's going the, in the an Gemini interesting moon way. ended yesterday yeah. with the solstice. Well, there's all the... And then today, yeah. eruption. And I'm like, people are fucking crazy out, yeah, out yeah. in these streets. I don't know what's going on. Well, no, I do think there's a lot of like cultural anxiety right now. Just things do seem and feel weird to me personally. It seems like other people are having that experience. Obviously, like political situations are crazy yeah. and coming to a head. Like, you know, no matter what kind of person you are... how doesn't matter how staunch of a materialist you think you are. Like, I have to admit that Shit's I don't know wild. what's going on. Shit seems really wild. And like, well, to loop it back into Peter's thing, it seems really well-timed. Like, I was really softened by the piece. And I was like, damn, this seems like a type of person that doesn't really exist anymore. Mm. And even though it's an elegy for yeah. himself and it's selfish in that kind of way, like, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss that generation in a weird way like to be anti okay boomer for a second i'm like damn like he wasn't a boomer though eh, he was he's before old, yeah no he was a boomer he was born in 1942 i mean in the most technical mm. sense maybe not but like no. spiritually yes he was also a rich kid which we learned from this he, yeah but that you know that plays you should read the pieces you know listeners but that plays out differently yeah. too he yeah you know his family his got rich and also... lost it and you know yeah and was very like we'll pay for your college and then good luck and he lived in a different time where doing things like that was easier i wonder what peter sheldahl would look like if it you know it cost him sixty thousand dollars when he was 18 years old to like get where he was i don't know Mm. 
Um, but but all but all my point was was that like I I feel like he's not the type of person that exists anymore. That sensitivity is dying with him on an individual well, it's level. This kind of like experimental old person. Yes, and like, that's awesome. Like that's wild. Like you born in the forties and you're like I love psychedelics. You're like excuse. But, like, also, like, you know, if you think of, like, Summer of Love, like, that's actually perfectly timed. He's a little old for it, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah, he's too old. He's not 19. I mean, shit. Like, I th- I was uh, doing the arithmetic when I was reading it, and he was our age in 1974. So, if that <sighs> gives you any idea of, like, <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, in all bottoms, y- y- you know, I don't um, know. We, we, we can wrap this up in a second. But my last thought on this is that, like, I think the greatest, um, the greatest and most sensitive creators of the subsequent generations, meaning the generations after the boomers, usually die of uh, drugs or suicide or cancer yeah. early. You yeah. know, like, I think we lose our creators a lot earlier. Well, we lost a generation of people to AIDS. To so AIDS, like, yeah. Um, but to but to see a, an elderly person be so experimental and, like, really succeed at it w- was yeah. heartening. Well, it's also, like, an elderly person who was such a... Like, the jaunt by which he walked was also very... His speed at walking, I was like, that's a New Yorker. Well, and uh, yeah. And I don't know like, about... And which I always tip my hat. I'm like, that bitch knows. Well, and I don't know about you, but, like, smoking cigarettes with Peter Sheldahl yeah, outside of, course, of CSB, yeah, yeah. it felt like hanging out with a 22-year-old. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like you were hanging out with a 70-year-old by it. He was always like, excited about seeing like what the fuck are these young people doing oh they want to hang out and have cigarettes with me like he was given life he was not given life by that but like it excited him in this weird way like oh people like you know we want in a certain sense you know maybe this is our generation's thing where we want older people who are like excited by this yes of bad bad ideas because in grad school you only have bad ideas well, and there's not very many people in general that are excited by bad ideas anymore. Yeah. like I, Young or old. Yeah. No. Like, they're like, he's like, I know what you fuckers are pulling from, but like, you don't know that, but you'll learn it. And it's nice that you're on that path to unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've unfolded a shitload based yes. on that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, you know, that's charming. Like, this is not, I don't know how we got to be like warm and fuzzy about peter because like there are people who hate him but like no one ever i don't know i never had a bad time with peter no me neither and 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 beyond just personally i mean because we were also the youngest sure and we're like we know a lot of shit about secret stash right things and he's like what the fuck how do you know about that yeah um but it's not just that i think i think that the piece is a really successful piece of writing or piece of art because it it it's transmitting everything that we've been talking yeah. around all night yeah. really well. And it's amazing that somebody at 77 can like do something like that. I think. Yeah. Um, so can we, we can in the episode, but do you, can I close on a quote real quick? Well, you I think need it's to a, un, unwrap. Uh, let's, let's not, you I don't, I don't not, think it's appropriate. We'll just, fine. we'll just do it. We'll off be mic. LJ. Uh, okay. But yeah, let's, let's, let's do a, let's nice an earnest Peter. ending. It is after all coming out the day after Christmas. It's a solemn oh. time. It's not solemn. Christmas is celebration. Yeah, well, you guys are all recovering from being hungover. It's or the whatever. birth of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So The birth of baby Jesus that happened in April, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. According Ast- to... Astrologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's read this, and that'll be a good way to you stop. You found a highlighted portion? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Life doesn't go on. It goes nowhere except away. Death goes on. Going on is what death does for a living. The secret to surviving in the universe is to be dead.
Well, bitch, of course. <laughs> Ozymandias, baby. Live yeah. long. Look long around my works. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Uh huh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> oh.